0: This is Coinania. This is Community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Vocab Malone. Let it ride for a little bit.
1: This is Vocab Malone. The show is called Coinania Radio. The station is 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. We broadcast to the Metro Phoenix area, and you know you can catch it on your phone. You know there's a Faith Talk 1360 app, right? An app is a device, basically, to, it, it, an app is a program, a computer program of sorts that allows you to hear things like today's show through your smartphone. So in case you don't know what I'm saying when I say app, that's what it is. Or your tablet. So you just go to your Google Store or your iTunes Store. Just type in Faith Talk 1360 and you can find our app. Boom. You can listen to us on the go, anytime, anyplace. And you know, we air every, every uh, Tuesday here. 2 to 3 p.m. Now, Quinn and E is every day, Monday through Friday, but my slot, the Vocab Malone Hour, (laughs) is 2 to 3 p.m. And I love to discuss apologetics. That's kind of why Tom Brown asked me to do this. And so apologetics is a defense. The explanation of the Christian faith. It shows uh, the truthfulness of the Christian faith against all comers. And so apologetics comes out of 1 Peter 3.15 and other scriptures, but in that passage it says that we should always be ready to give an answer. And in unbelieving culture, there's a lot of answers that we need to give. So today we're going to defend a classic Christian doctrine, classic Christian doctrine that's come under attack by some new quarters recently. So to do that, I brought on a special guest today who's recently debated the topic. The topic is the virgin conception. Sometimes people call it the virgin birth. So for shorthand, we're going to call the show Defending the Virgin Birth. You may have never thought about it before, but trust you me, it is important. Welcome to Ear Radio Veckel. What's up, brother Veckel? Hello, hello. God bless. you and, calling uh, do us. You hear me okay. Yep, you're calling us from New York, right? That's right, New York State. How strong is your New York accent?
2: Oh man, I've I've been well, I'm currently living in a place called Rochester, New York, which is about six hours northwest of New York City. Um, so I've been here for a little over 20 years and uh uh, the only time my accent really manifests uh, is when I'm really
1: angry. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: But uh, other than that, uh, I, I think I
1: pretty much lost it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you don't sound like you're down from down south still. But all right, uh, tell us a little bit <laughs> about what you do in the realm of apologetics, some of the things you've done recently. What do you do in this field and Why?
2: Well, uh, I'm just an average joke on YouTube, but, uh, you know, when, when I found out this thing called YouTube existed, uh, I just had this love for uh, posting videos, and along with that came with uh, this, you know, the opposition of people who, uh, you know, the, uh, people who are posing, uh, certain tenets of, the, of Christianity, such as the virgin birth, the doctrine of hell, the deity of Christ, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, I just kind of jumped into that, uh, along with other Christians. Uh, By posting video after video after video defending the faith and uh, and it just so happens that one of the uh, Doctrines that I'm I was defending was the virgin birth So uh, again, I have I have no real schooling. I haven't been to college uh, regarding this topic uh, Or anything like that. Uh, I just did a lot of research uh, myself just like a lot of other brothers and sisters uh, on YouTube and uh yeah i i i know for a fact that the lord has given me a heart of apologetics so uh and and i love this stuff i love talking about this stuff and i love uh practicing it as well. if
1: people want to hear your recent debate they should go on youtube type in the words virgin birth colon debate and look for the name v e k l v e k l The debate that Veckel recently did that we're discussing is actually three hours and 45 minutes long. So, a lot of discussion there. We're going to come back on the other side of the break here on Koinonia. We're going to ask him about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, why it's an important doctrine that Christians need to be familiar with, how his debate went when he defended it, and where are these new attacks upon the doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ coming from? All that and more on the other side of the break, vocab alone, Koinonia, do not go anywhere. Speaking to Veco about the virgin birth, you don't want to miss it.
0: Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. I am Tom Brown. And thank you for joining us this afternoon. Don't forget, Shonda Pierce, the Happily Laughter After Tour, is coming to the Valley of the Sun October 13th. Get your tickets at faithtalk1360.com, faithtalk1360.com. And now more Coinania with Vocab Malone. This is Coinania
1: Radio. My name is Vocab Malone. The station is 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk. You know you can catch us on SoundCloud. I think you should catch us on SoundCloud. Some of you might be saying, what is SoundCloud? I know what sound is. I know what clouds are. <laughs> but what's SoundCloud? Well, check it out. Here's, here's the way it works. SoundCloud is a place where you can upload audio files. Now, hopefully you, you know what audio and files are. I can't help you there. That's that's going to be a whole other level if you don't know what that is. But the way you find this is Dash radio That's spelled K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A-radio. Just look for Tom Brown's face there. He's the main host of the show. And look for all the times where you see Vocab Malone, and that's all the times I set in. Like today, September 27th, we are speaking with brother Veckel, he's an urban apologist all the way from new york state calling today and talking about a recent debate he did on the doctrine of the virgin birth of christ why is the virgin conception of christ an important doctrine for christians to be able to defend Veckel? why is it important
2: i, I personally believe it's important because it uh it calls into uh questioning it uh, would actually uh uh, affect the person's uh, faith in the divinity of Christ. Uh, we, we see the claims and the supernatural acts that uh, Christ has committed throughout Scripture, and to suggest that there are naturalistic means to explain these things away uh, would just would, would just sort of uh, be a cow towing, if you will, to the secular or the non-believer worldview. And we, eventually, it's just going to come to a point where we're just questioning everything. Uh, that that Jesus has done and the claims that he's made, so on and so forth, and it's all—it's ultimately, I think, just going to lead the person, just saying that God is not even relevant. God is not necessary because we can do these things ourselves. So this is just one of the ways that God, uh, in His omnipotence, has revealed His power to the world that nobody in, in such a way that no one else can do. And this is just one of the things that He did. He, he chose by having uh, Christ be brought into this world. Not through natural conception, but through the miracle of the virgin birth. Not to be mistaken with the immaculate conception, by the way.
1: All right. So sometimes people say virgin birth, but when something's born, you know, it's like uh, the popping out part. (laughs) So really more accurately, uh, we like to call this the doctrine of the virgin conception of Christ, because the doctrine really has to do with how Jesus Christ was conceived and the scriptural message as Vecca was just now saying, is that there was something miraculous, supernatural, not according to the way things normally run. That's how Christ was conceived. It's miraculous. There is a miracle there. The Bible speaks of it in such a way that uh, we see the Holy Spirit is involved in the process. And we want to talk about that today, explain why it's important, but... We're going to call it virgin birth, but really it's more accurate to say virgin conception. But just so people don't get things confused, Veckel, what is the doctrine of the immaculate conception, which is not what we are talking about today? We are not talking about the mac- conception. What is it, though?
2: Yeah, I just have to say, uh, actually, I like that idea that you said virgin conception, because that is more uh, big biblically accurate. Uh, but the immaculate conception is the doctrine that comes from the uh, Catholic Church, which teaches that Mary, Jesus' mother, was immaculately conceived. Uh, So it 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 also teaches that she was without sin and something like that. So when we hear the Immaculate Conception, that's in reference to Mary, Mary being born without mother, uh, without father, you know, stuff like that.
1: Right. Uh, So this is a Roman Catholic. This is a Roman Catholic doctrine. In fact, it was defined as dogma by the Roman Catholic Church in 1854. And that's actually significant because what that shows you is it's actually a recent doctrine. 1854 is not all that long ago. I mean, this is... You know, we think around the time of the Civil War and all that, this is when this doctrine was being defined as dogma, meaning something that a Catholic must believe in order to be in good standing with the Roman Catholic Church. That's what dogma means. It was defined that way in 1854. So the Immaculate Conception falsely, I might add, teaches that Mary was somehow preserved away from the the original sin, the taint of that, that everyone has inherited from Adam, but she didn't have it. And uh, the Roman Catholic Church has a feast commemorating it on December 8th. That's a false doctrine. Uh, that is not a true thing. We don't hold to that. We don't think that's true. That's incorrect. That's not right. So the Immaculate Conception is not what we're talking about. We would do a show on that. It would be against the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. This is the doctrine of the Virgin Conception or Virgin Birth of Jesus Christ. What exactly is the doctrine? How would you define it, Veckel?
2: Uh, well, in, in, in the book of Matthew and in Luke, uh, the, the spirit, uh, the angel approaches uh, both Joseph and Mary and, and basically gives them the message that the, the Holy Spirit will overshadow them or epischiazo in the Greek, which means to supernaturally intervene and, well, allow Mary to conceive without, without natural uh, uh, sexual intercourse. That's pretty much what it is. So Matthew chapter there, there is 1, strong
1: evidence that Joseph was not the father. Verses 18 through 25, Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25, Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38, as well as verses 46 through 56 and Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through ception. So that's where the doctrine of the virgin conception primarily comes from and the basic thing is that Mary's mom, Mary Mary is Jesus's mom, had not had sexual relations at the time Jesus was born. That's that's all it was. It doesn't have anything to do with anything after. For example, we do not believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary. That's another Roman Catholic doctrine. Scripture clearly says that he had brothers and all that. That means Mary has had sex since then. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus being the oldest, her firstborn, at the time she was still yet a virgin and yet bore a son named jesus christ uh jesus the messiah that is so that's the doctrine now who is attacking it these days i mean we know that with the rise of so-called rationalistic thought you know arising out of europe and all that um the so-called enlightenment yeah those guys didn't like this doctrine and so you see a lot of liberal uh, liberalism in the early 1900s uh during the turn of the century in the United States, for example, you see a lot of the, uh, the churches and, and institutions denying the Virgin Conception as liberalism crept, crept in at places like Princeton and all that and saying, no, nah, that's not really what that means. It's not what happened. Yada, yada, yada. Because they were against anything supernatural occurring. You couldn't have a miracle popping off in the story was the problem. <laughs> but now there's new attacks. Who are some of the new attackers on the doctrine of the Virgin Conception? Veckel.
2: Well, Ecclesiastes chapter one says there's nothing new under the sun. So we just see the same type of attacks just being resurfaced, uh, regurgitated by different groups, as you pointed out. Uh, one of the groups that I've come across is uh, the Hebrew Israelites. Uh, that seems to be very prevalent. Uh,
1: Who are uh, with, within that group? The Hebrew Israelites. Let's say someone's listening; they've never heard of the Hebrew Israelite. What's that? Who's that? What are we talking about? <laughs>
2: It's kind of uh, it's, uh, the Hebrew Israelites, basically, as is another uh, part of a, what you would call a pro-black liberation movement. Uh, they claim that they that black people here in the United States are primarily from the tribe of Judah, and that Jesus was black. And that uh, and then they have different camps. Some of them teach that uh, all white people are Gentiles. <laughs> uh, some of them say that uh, the Gentiles cannot be saved. Some other camps say that the Gentiles can be saved, but they'll be enslaved by the Israelites forever. Uh, so it's different camps, but they primarily teach uh, the same thing, that Jesus was black, that the Israelites were black, uh, and they also hold to the doctrine that, you know, salvation is attained by works and not through faith faith alone.
1: So So this group called the Hebrew Israelites, which, by the way, listeners, we have done multiple shows on. Go back and check out some of the other shows I've done, for example, with a man named Faithful to God, another brother named So Real, Veco, you know both of these gentlemen, of course. Uh, another man named Jimmy Butts. We've done some shows on this group, so if you want more information, just dig in the Quinonia archives. Don't, don't be a stranger to that. But why don't they like the doctrine of the virgin conception? What's the problem? Why, why do they feel need need to attack it? Because they say they believe in the Bible, so uh, if they believe in the Bible, they don't have a problem with the miracles, so why don't they like this doctrine?
2: To be honest with you, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I just see that... Uh... They're ultimately what they're trying to do with not only Christ's divinity but just every aspect of Christ is that they focus more on the man aspect of Christ. And it seems to me that they're constantly trying to compare themselves to Christ, which is one of the reasons why they focus so strongly on his skin color and his hair texture and all these other things. Uh, but it even goes beyond his just just his appearance. It, it, they actually talk about whether or not uh, Christ was able to sin or commit sin or, or whatnot. Some of the camps would actually go as far as to say that he actually did have the capacity to commit a sin, uh, and and some of them would even say that they will com- be like him uh, in the same way that he was God. You know, that they, they, I don't know, just some really really wacky stuff with them regarding uh, regarding Christ.
1: Well, uh, yeah, you, you, you gave some of the reason I would give. So listen, everyone, if you want to understand what's the motivation behind the Hebrew Israelites attacking the doctrine of the virgin birth, it's that these groups emphasize the lineage on the father's side. So, for example, a lot of times if you run into a Hebrew Israelite out on the street, such as Camelback and 19th Avenue when you're out getting off the light rail, they might say to you, What's your nationality? If you say American, they'll say, no, 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 no. What's your race? If you say human, they'll say, no, 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 no. What I mean is, who are your people? <laughs> or something like that. And if you get to getting into basically answering by saying, what's your ethnic lineage? For example, if you say Italian, they'll say, on your father or your mother's side. And you may be thinking, well, what's that had to do with that? I don't... For them, you've got to have the right lineage On dad's side. So, Bob Marley. You guys know Bob Marley? He shot the sheriff. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) Uh, Bob Marley is not considered a Hebrew Israelite, according to lineage, by most of these groups, because his father was a white man. So, if Jesus, Yeshua, is supposed to be a Hebrew Israelite of all Israelites, they've got to have him have an earthly, physical father and that means they have to do away with the doctrine of the virgin birth so they have to make Joseph not just like a legal father he can't be like an adoptive father or anything like that he needs to actually be supplying seed as it were into Jesus according to their understanding so because of that they go back and rework things and say no 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 virgin birth that's a false doctrine not in there not in the original gospels or they'll say something like we've misread it it's been misinterpreted They say all kinds of things, and what we're going to hear on the other side when we come back is Veckel recently debated a Hebrew-Israelite on the Virgin Conception,
0: and we're going to hear what did the Hebrew-Israelites say. You want to hear it. Shonda Pierce and the Happily Laughter After Tour with special guest Karen Williams, Highlands Church, Thursday, October 13th. You need to get your tickets now, though, because they are going quickly, and they are reserved seating. Again, Shonda Pierce, Happily Laughter After Tour with special guest Karen Williams, Thursday, October 13th at Highlands Church. Tickets available right now online at faithtalk1360.com. It's faithtalk1360.com. And now more alone. Yo, 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 yo. This is Koinonia
1: Radio 1360, Faith Talk KPXQAM. The time... It's somewhere between two and three o'clock. <laughs> that's when we broadcast. Check it out. I know you love Quininia, but if you like it when Vocab Malone, that's me, is on, be sure you don't miss it on Tuesdays. You gotta listen to it on Tuesdays. Why? Because I'm on on there every Tuesday. That's why. So check it out. Hey, I love to discuss apologetics. You know, defending the Christian faith. It is true. I just want you to learn the reasons why, ladies and gentlemen. And today we're talking about Jesus. When you got to talk about Christianity, you got to talk about Christ, right? And today we're talking about the virgin conception of Jesus Christ. To do that, I'm speaking to Veckel, a lay apologist out there in New York. And he recently did a major debate with a Hebrew Israelite on YouTube. Tell people a little bit more about where people can find you online, Brother Veckel. Somebody wants to find you, how do they find you?
2: Yeah, you can uh, find most of my stuff on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com uh, slash user slash veckle or slash veckle. And uh, that's V as in Victor, E as in Edward, K as in Kilo, and L as in Lemon. All right. And, uh, and yeah, some, I got uh, You got a lot of videos In of fact, videos in a-
1: You got some cartoons. What's up with tell people about those? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, the cartoon series I'm working on is called 12. Uh, it's uh, just a little something I put together. I'm not getting paid for it. It's just, just a big hobby. And, uh, yeah, it, there's a whole synopsis on there. If you go to the channel, it tells you the story, you know, the background and what it's about. Uh, it's basically about the, a group of 12 people on a journey from New York City to Jerusalem. And it's taking place during the last 12 hours before the return of Christ. So,
1: And uh, you got some pretty cool art on there. I watched some of the videos. I like the art so you're an artist as well as an apologist praise god well more of an artist than an apologist i guess you could say <laughs> all right yeah. okay i got yeah, so. you yeah and you recently did this debate now people can also sometimes catch you on these uh, google hangouts can you explain briefly to people what, what are these google hangouts are that happen usually mondays and what they entail I'll explain those if you could yeah
2: google hangouts are just a a feature on google google plus i guess now it's taken over by youtube where you can have you can open up a room where you can just invite people to you know have these discussions on whatever topic and uh what we usually do every monday is we have a a hangout called g-man versus the hebrew israelites and as g-man is the is the host of that of those hangouts and he invites uh hebrew israelites to come in to discuss these matters with christians and, uh, yeah, we just basically have our back and forth there. And then uh, Faithful to God has his uh, after show or after party hangout or after that hangout is done where he does pretty much the same thing. So and All they're right. pretty
1: much they're pretty fun. How could people find those, though? What, what What's the, what, the channel is on Faithful to God's channel and then G-Man's channel? That's how they find them?
2: That's that's correct. Right. All right. Same so, youtubecom
1: Man. Tell us about this debate you had with the Hebrews Israelite where you defended the doctrine of the virgin conception of Christ. Tell us a little about some highlights, some lowlights, all that. What went down?
2: Well, there was uh, quite a bit that was said. That uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember everything that was said. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was just the simplistic, simplistic uh, manner that uh, my opponent, his name is Amaziah. Uh, resorted to in order to try to debunk the virgin birth he just one of the things he simply said was we know that the virgin birth could not have the virgin conception could not have occurred why because we all know how babies are brought into the world a man and a woman have sex and they and therefore a baby is produced so that was one of the uh, one of the uh, arguments that I've heard uh, <laughs> from from uh, my opponent and when I hear stuff like this, I'm just thinking, now, wait a minute. Don't you believe in miracles? I mean, don't you believe that Jesus walked on water or turned water into wine? I mean, and I that was one of my questions in the debate. I asked him, I says, why would you deny the virgin conception, but not have a problem with God speaking things into existence, ex nihilo, where he just spoke the world into existence, or where he... You know, uh, uh, he raised Jesus raised people from the dead, or he or he walked on water, he turned water into wine, he was able to do all these supernatural things. But yet, it's hard to believe, especially when we have Matthew one twenty five, where Joseph says, where it clearly says that Joseph did not know or have sex with Mary until after Jesus was born. Why is that so difficult? I, 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 to I might even thing, have I that queued up
1: down. in the debate where you're making that point. Let me see if I got it right with, uh, here. I think I've got here it. Okay. to that belief. Uh, it's clearly
2: evident throughout the Old Testament that one of uh, David's many children was a young man named Nathan. Okay, but yes, he did also have a prophet named Nathan as well. Um, but that Nathan is not in reference to the prophet. This is you talking, right, Beckel? In the Old Testament, it's in reference to cool. uh, David. This okay. is a, again. This is a see the, the reason why we have to deny that this is the prophet because. The genealogy in Luke chapter 3 specifically, more so than the genealogy in Matthew, is more naturalistic, okay? It's more towards uh, the human nature, the human aspect of Christ, okay? That's why it is the only genealogy that mentions Adam. As opposed to Matthew's genealogy, it doesn't even mention Adam. It goes straight into the patriarchs, the kings, the, 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 the governors, so on and so forth. It, it, it covers mostly the monarchial lineage rather than uh, the more human aspect of the lineage. That's why when anybody who goes to Luke chapter 3 and look at the lineage there, you're going to see a bunch of uh, names of people you hardly ever know.
1: Now, I thought I had it queued up right in that point. Maybe I don't. I'll try to see if I can find that later. But nonetheless, that still is a, gives people a good snapshot. So that was Brother Veckel talking during the debate. And as you can tell just from that little clip, it's a pretty detailed discussion. It's a pretty detailed discussion that they had. So we're just really getting into some of the basics here today. But your point, I think, that you were just making is that scripture teaches that god is sovereign over his creation and there's miracles aplenty in scripture so why deny the virgin birth by utilizing this argument well we all know who baby how babies are born so it couldn't have worked but you're saying <laughs> that's what your hebrew Israelite right. opponent did yeah that's pretty much
2: uh, and actually that clip that you just played uh I was responding to a comment that he made because he, he, for some reason, he brought up the name Nathan, meaning happiness or or something like that. I forget exactly what, what he meant, but it was totally irrelevant. It had nothing to do with with the with the argument. And I think he was trying to assert that the name Nathan, as mentioned in the genealogy in Luke, was in reference to the prophet. But that <laughs> that makes no sense because we know throughout Scripture. That uh, David had at least 20 children by different women, and two of them were—well, one of them was named Solomon, and the other one was named Nathan. And And Nathan
1: is a very insignificant character throughout the Scripture. And that was why I brought up the genealogy in Luke. The debate was published uh, August thirtieth, two 2016, so pretty recent. What's been some of the feedback, though? If you've got any, I, I imagine you've got some. I see all these YouTube yeah. comments, for example. What's been some of the feedback on this debate?
2: Yeah, uh, well, mostly the feedback I've been getting is uh, regarding the word virgin, maiden, damsel, and then you go into the languages. Like uh, the Greek is the Greek word for virgin is parthenos. Uh, then is uh, two other Greek words as well, three other Greek words actually. So that's usually the uh, the feedback that I get from a lot of opposers of the the virgin conception. Uh, They're always focusing on the Septuagint's wrong uh, use of the word parthenos in Isaiah 7.
1: That's usually what the case is. All right, yeah, let me read one of these YouTube comments. There is no biblical doctrine. There's a man-made doctrine. There's insertions added to Isaiah 7.14. Two insertion virgin replaces Alma and Yahuwah is for us replaced with Emmanuel virgin English, Emmanuel Latin. Okay, some of this YouTube writing is a little unclear, but this is by a commenter, Yisrael Ben Yehuda. Then he goes on to say, Further, only two of the four New Testament Gospels mention what you and Christians feel is the most amazing miracle in all of scriptures. No mention of Mark or John. By the way, I would think the resurrection of Christ is... Kind of at our top, not the virgin conception, but still, anyways. Once you remove those and the inserted Edomite writing of Paul, which is the whole foundation of Christian, religious, Western understanding of scriptures, then virgin birth and doctrine of inclusion, etc. falls apart. There's plenty more insertions and many things removed. Stop being led astray. Satan got you believing an angel came and impregnated Miriam, just as they did during the beginning. Yet, then why would Yah judge them then? Okay, so uh, I'll let you translate some of what he's saying. This is a YouTube comment because I want to see some of the feedback. But listen to this. This is highly interesting. Satan has you believing an angel came impregnated Miriam. Is that the doctrine of the virgin conception, Veckel? (laughs)
2: <laughs> is it absolutely not? In fact, I, that sounds like a spin-off of what the Mormons believe. Yeah, actually. yeah. They that, believe that Yahweh, uh, Elohim, came down, mm-hmm. knocked on the door of Mary, and then, well, Mary,
1: there you go. Mary, house call. Who is it? This is Elohim. What do you want? Yeah. I want to have sex. I'm already married. This is God. Don't <laughs> deny me. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> kind of like that.
2: That's 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 what these guys think. That we believe. And we've constantly told these guys over and over again that is not the case. The Greek word is episkiazo, which is translated into the English word overshadow. And everywhere that Greek word episkiazo is used throughout the New Testament, it is always and only in reference to a supernatural act of God.
1: Right. This is where not God
2: does not, not have sexual. To physically lay his hands on anything.
1: Yeah, it's not sexual. First of all, say it again. This is not sexual in any right. way. First of all, Yahweh has no parts. This is the miracle of the incarnation right. is that God himself now becomes embodied. So Yahweh has no parts. There's no no genitalia for him to enter in. Into uh, Mary, first of all. Second of all, that's not what the scripture ever says. It's not even there. That's a that's a pagan idea. That's far, far, far from the Hebraic conception that we're talking out, uh, from which the, the New Testament scriptures rise from. And not only that, uh, then you would have Yahweh basically violating his own commands, you know, like fornicating, adultery, all kinds of weird stuff, if that was the case. But an angel, that's even worse. An angel? I mean, the scripture says the Holy Spirit. Will overshadow you. That's what it says. So that's one. of What that's other right. comments have you got, though? You got uh, any others, general? You got thirty seconds.
2: Yeah. Uh, usually the the misinterpretation of Isaiah chapter seven, but uh, we could talk
1: about that uh, more after the break, I guess. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the Old Testament prophecies relating to the doctrine of the Virgin Conception. I'll fade out the break, playing another clip from. You're like, the well, debate. who?
2: You know, who's this person? Who is that person? I mean. Uh, You know what you go back to the old testament you don't you don't see any real significance with these with many of these individuals that are mentioned in luke's genealogy okay so again it's because this because luke is trying to focus more on the human aspect of his genealogy to show everybody that when jesus walked this earth he was just as human as everyone else okay the only difference is he did not come here through natural birth
1: he came Good point. Brother Veckel. debating a Hebrew Israelite on the virgin birth, discussing more on the other side of the break. Koinonia Radio.
0: This is Koinonia. This is community. I am Tom Brown and it's great to have you along this afternoon. Shonda Pierce, the Happily Laughter After Tour with special guest Karen Williams coming to Highlands Church Thursday, October 13th. We're excited. I'm guessing you're excited. Get your tickets now, faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Now, I don't have any rapping skills, but, hey, here's somebody that does, Vocab Malone.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Vocab Malone. You're listening to ear Radio, thirteen sixty KPXQ Faith Talk. The engineer that you can't see is a guy named William. Sometimes we call him Bill. Some people call him Ill Bill. Ill Bill with the skill making the dollar dollar bill. Ain't that right, Brother Bill? <laughs> <laughs> and we're on, this, on the line today awesome. with my friend Vecco. Vecco's an apologist, uh, you know, normal normal dude going to work, you know, being a Christian. But he gets into these Internet debates, not because he doesn't have anything better to do, but because he knows it's important to defend truth against error. So we're talking about a recent debate he did with a Hebrew Israelite. Uh, if you want to find more about those guys and their beliefs dig into the archives when I've been on the show let me play a little clip and then we're going to talk to him about some other things that went down with this recent debate where he debated the virgin conception of Jesus here's a clip though Um,
2: the question is uh, prove that Mary was supernaturally impregnated well let me ask you this Uh, if you believe that Jesus raised people from the dead turned water into wine or walked on water if you believe in the Bible, then this is a silly question. It's a silly challenge to those that believe in the supernatural. Because, and the reason why I say it's a silly challenge is because, Amaziah, you kept bringing up things like, uh, how does a man impregnate a woman? Yada, 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 yada. We know that's how it naturally occurs, but we're talking about a one-time event where God supernaturally intervened. As a matter of fact, look at the word in the Greek, the word for overshadow has nothing to do with physical contact it's saying everything about a preternatural or supernatural means a supernatural or preternatural act of
1: god that's a great point it's saying that god has this power and uh we're not saying that normally it happens some other way but what we're saying is that according to the record historical record uh, uh of the gospels that there's a miraculous event with the virgin conception of Christ. And we talked a little bit about in the beginning of the show why it was important, but let me mention another thing of why it's important. It shows us clearly that Christ is free from Adam's stain of sin. Now, I guess hypothetically, Christ could have been born through natural means and still had what we call impeccability. That is the doctrine of the impeccability of Christ. That means he could not sin because he was not a sinner. He was not born under that curse uh, because he wasn't physically descended from Adam. I guess, hypothetically, Yahweh could have done it different, but it would have been a little confusing or hard to tell. But when you have a clear situation where the Holy Spirit overshadows, just like you were talking about there, Vecco, in the clip we just played, Mary, who was a virgin and had never had sex with any man, as she clearly says, I haven't known any man even though she was engaged so she knew a man but she didn't know a man that way okay it shows us that this one is different yes he's fully human but there's a reason why he was born of a virgin another reason is to fulfill biblical prophecy there are pointers foreshadowings allusions Even you could say prophecies in the Hebrew Scriptures. That is, hundreds of years before Christ was born. Perhaps all the way back in Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelion. All the way back there, you have the rumblings that the one who would be born, who would crush the serpent's head, would be born of the seed of woman. That's an allusion to the virgin conception. And we also see it in Isaiah. Can you talk a little bit about the Old Testament prophecies in relationship to the virgin conception of Christ. Brother Veckel.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the main arguments is that the, the prophecy that's given in Isaiah seven is only in reference to the prophecy, which was fulfilled in chapter eight. Um, you hear, uh, you know, Isaiah, uh, you know, has his prophetess uh, that gave birth to a, a son name try saying that 3 times backwards
1: <laughs> uh, right. you almost the sounded names, like a you uh, sounded uh, like a Hebrew Israelite almost when you said that say that again one more time i know right
2: Mayor
1: <laughs> These are inside jokes, guys, yeah. by the way. If you're listening and you never heard Hebrew Israelites speak, go online and find them and you'll understand what we're doing right now. And the Hebrew Israelites right now are really upset at me because I just made a joke at their expense. But every now and then, guys, you can handle <laughs> it. I mean, come on. Every now and then. But Isaiah 714 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, I a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What's going on in that passage of uh, Isaiah 7, 14 there? Veckel, what's going on?
2: Okay, well, basically the the, the prophecy is about, uh, you know, Ahaz, if I believe, uh, is uh, not having any faith uh, in, in, this, in, in the Lord's uh, promise. So um, Isaiah gives him this prophecy that he, a, a promise that he will protect, he would protect these people. So he tells, he, he gives them the prophecy mentioned in Isaiah. Okay. And, uh, but then you see the prophecy uh, being fulfilled in Isaiah chapter eight. The problem is that the non-believers or the, I call them anti-birthers. <laughs> they look, they stop here. They only stop at Isaiah chapter eight and they say, this is where the prophecy was fulfilled. But see, most Christians hold to this idea called the, a dualistic prophecy. And basically what that is, is that's a prophecy where God is speaking through a prophet, and the prophet is actually speaking unto a person currently, but at the same time giving attributes to this person that does not apply to them. It, but it's actually applying to someone else of a different time. So he could actually be talking to two people at once, but but both are not existing at the same time. We see examples of it like this in Ezekiel 28, where he's speaking of King of Tyre, but yet giving him attributes of Satan. Same thing in Isaiah 14. Uh, we see the same thing in 2 Samuel chapter 7, where God is speaking to Solomon, but yet he's kind of going back and forth, saying things about him that cannot possibly apply to Solomon. Right. You know, but it's applying to the Messiah, and it's the same thing here with Isaiah chapter 7, uh, verse 14. The, the, the virgin, which is the Greek word Alma, okay, that's a whole other discussion there, could apply to both Isaiah's wife as well as Mary in the future.
1: And let me just show so, everybody yeah. that this is a biblical idea, not some invented, you know, Christian theologian idea. Because when we go into the Gospel of Matthew, well, there we are in Matthew chapter 1. Look into verse 20. It's speaking about Joseph, and it says this in verse 20. which being interpreted is god with, god with us. So there Matthew directly in verse 23 of chapter 1 of his gospel is directly referencing Isaiah 7:14 saying that's the full fulfillment because this concept of fulfilled there's a Greek word that's in the background of it pleroma and it basically means to fill up to the fullness of it. So it's like filled then filled and more. And so when you see this word fulfilled it can really mean filled up, filled to the brim in a sense. So filled up to the fullest meaning that it should be. And that goes right along with what you are saying earlier because it does appear that this prophecy in a certain sense was uh, actually achieved within the lifetime of the hearers. That's why it was a sign unto them. But it was fulfilled in its fullness during the first century when Christ was born. What else went down in this debate or what's some other key points you want to bring out? Because recently you debated a Hebrew Israelite man on the topic of the virgin birth, and people can find that on YouTube. I hope they do. What's something else you might want to bring out from the discussion that you think is important? Brother Veckel
2: Uh you know, to be honest with you, nothing comes to mind right now. It's just pretty much the same thing about the word alma uh, Bethulah, these are two Hebrew words that are translated into the English word uh, virgin. Uh, and then we talk about the Septuagint. Uh, and, and, and I think uh, that, that's pretty much it. It's usually issues like the, the genealogies, you know, the, the Jeconiah mentioned in the, the Matthew genealogy. Why is he mentioned uh that kind of thing um i mean that, that's a whole other i mean there's so much we could talk about regarding this this topic here all right but, well uh, that's pretty much all i can remember to be honest with you
1: let me uh, let me do this i'm gonna give you a second to reset and maybe bring we've only got a few minutes here on today's show i, I want to make sure you uh, bring up anything else okay. that can even be kind of off topic uh, that you want to bring up before we close out but i'm going to read from a book called okay. jesus the messiah as by a christian scholar named Robert Stein, subtitled, A Survey of the Life of Christ, InterVarsity Press, 1996. And this is chapter 4, called Conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born of the Virgin Mary, How It All Started. Page 63, let me read some of what he says here. I really like the scriptures that he brought together. Throughout its history, the Christian church has confessed that Jesus of Nazareth was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. That comes from uh, one of the creeds. You might know if you've been involved with the liturgical church. You've probably heard it there. The, this claim stems from the accounts found in Matthew 1, 18-25 and Luke one to 26-38, 46-56, and 2, uh, 1-7. Attempts have been made to see allusions to the virgin birth, or better yet, the virginal conception in many passages. Now, I'm going to read a list here, guys of eight different passages that we haven't mentioned really, where you can see some possible allusions to the Virgin Conception, not just only in uh, Luke there and Matthew. One is Mark 6, 3. Why? There, Jesus is referred to as Mary's rather than Joseph's son. You see how that gives credence to the Virgin Conception? John 1, 13 seems to have Jesus' birth in mind because John refers to Christ being born not of blood or of the will of the flesh. John 6, 41-51 also seems to also have the virgin birth in mind. Read that when you get a chance. John 7, 41-42 seems to know of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem and so this seems to associate the virginal conception with there. That passage as well. John 8, 41, Jesus' opponents attack him as being illegitimate. As being an illegitimate child. And that seems to mean they had knowledge of the idea of the virgin conception. Romans 1 through th- uh, Romans 1.3, 3, Jesus is descended, not born of David. That's actually significant. Galatians 4 4, Jesus is said to be begotten, not born of a woman. Two different words there. He's begotten of a woman, not born of a woman. Lastly, Philippians 2 7, Jesus took the nature of a slave rather than, than was born into Slavery. See, he took on the nature of a slave. All those are further allusions to this doctrine, the virgin conception of Christ. We come back, last little segment with Brother Veckel. He's going to get the final word in there. And today's show is not over yet. Don't go anywhere. You want to hear the last segment. This is Koinonia Radio. Thank you so much for checking us out today. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be with you again seven days from now. Every Tuesday, Vocab Malone, chilling on Koinonia. Today I've been talking to Brother Vecchio. He's a lay apologist, defends the Christian faith and uh, he recently did a debate on the Virgin birth and I, on the Virgin birth of Christ. And I wanted to give you, Brother Veco, final word, final shout out, maybe some encouragement to our listeners. What do you want to say as we close this show out?
2: Yeah, I just want to say, uh, just keep the faith. First uh, Peter three fifteen says to be ready and always ready to to give an answer for the faith that and hope that we have within us with meekness and gentleness. And uh, and I think that the reason why uh, this topic is so important for for Christians to defend is because if we don't believe that one thing can lead to another with the you know with with bad uh, company, if you will. Then uh, you're severely mistaken. Uh, this is why Paul talks about uh, a little leaven, leaven, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. You know, and uh, you know, bad company corrupts good, cor- good company. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, and so we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be complacent with our faith, and, and so much to the point where we say, okay, we're totally confident in our ways. We don't need anybody to teach us, uh, because there's always going to be somebody who's going to come your way. Who's going to present you with an objection that you've never heard of and that you're not going to have a means to uh, respond to yet. If you're not uh, submitting yourself to a congregation, to a church or some sort of fellowship where you're being held accountable to help you grow in your faith in Christ, then your faith will be destroyed by these objections that are coming up. And uh, as far as the virgin birth, well, I think that's very important because that goes on to, that, that leads to other things as well, as far as the other supernatural acts of God. So if we're going to deny that, then we have to deny other things as well. It doesn't make any sense, especially when we have the texts that are right there in your face that clearly says, this is what God did.
1: That so. is a great, great final point, Amen. Brother Veckel. One last time, where can people find you online?
2: They can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Vecco. Check out my cartoon, 12.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it's finished, man. And just so you all know, I do apologetics as well. I'm not always hosting on the radio, running my mouth. Sometimes I'm running my mouth on the Internet and stuff like that. And uh, this is a man I work with sometimes, and we got mutual friends. So look for more stuff from Brother Vecco, and hopefully uh, him and I teaming up in various ways. And uh, this is an important field because... This relates directly to things happening in our cities today, and that's why we brought it to your attention on Koinonia.